0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Monday Morning Podcast. Today, I talk to Brian Chu. We discuss things related to gold, cryptocurrency, and some very big macroeconomic moves afoot. If you're interested in either of these two things, it's a fascinating watch or listen. And there's some great nuggets in there for investors. I really want to talk to you today about gold and also some big developments in the monetary system. There's been a lot of talk about gold safe haven status being eaten by Bitcoin. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? And can the two coexist?
1: That's a really good question because um, I have kept an eye on the cryptocurrency development and Bitcoin has actually really gone off, uh, like just gone off on a almost what you could call a rocket, ride And Yeah. Uh, It's tumbled quite a bit in the last uh, three weeks, probably I think down about 45%, almost 50% now. Now, safe haven status, uh, one would say if something is so volatile, it's not really a safe haven. But the argument behind why cryptocurrencies have been going up is because of the belief that uh, it is secure. And there is a way to maintain anonymity if you are um, holding cryptocurrencies, so it's harder for you to have your transactions being tracked. Uh, but I think recently, uh, this is starting to unravel a little bit. Uh, if you're aware of the colonial, colonial pipeline hacking, uh, in a, I think it was about two, three weeks ago, a ransom was paid by the Department of Justice to the hackers called the dark side, and i think there was news coming recently that the part of that uh, ransom has actually been recovered by the fbi so there may be anonymity but there is actually some strings attached to cryptocurrency as for gold it is possible for people to actually track where gold is because the bars of gold also have serial numbers and if you steal from us if if you steal these uh, bars of gold you'll you'll probably find it a bit hard to go and sell it somewhere else if uh, people are are notified that these are stolen. So as for whether they both coexist, I have written um, some articles about uh, cryptocurrency and gold actually working hand in hand in the sense that when we move, and I I noticed the word I say when rather than if, when we move out of the fiat currency system uh, and move into a digital currency system, I believe that there has to be an adjudicator in there. And I believe that um, precious metals and perhaps a basket of commodities would be the way to go in determining what is a a fair price for the digital currency. So for those people who are still embroiled in the war between gold and cryptocurrencies, I'd say, hold your fire because you're firing at the wrong people.
0: I think that's completely fair, Brian. But there are also some big developments coming out from central banks and governments around the world uh, regarding central bank-backed digital currencies or CBDCs. I note, it, I noted a recent report that some eighty percent of central banks around the world are developing or looking at central bank-backed digital currencies. I was wondering, what are your thoughts on how that their launch could play into the gold price?
1: Well, I think. Um The whole idea that the central banks are going to move from fiat currency to a digital currency is one that rings alarm bells among a lot of people who are into liberty and into freedom. And as we have seen with uh, the massive uh, political upheaval in the last uh, five years, starting with, um, I'd say you could say uh, Brexit was the first shot heard around the world that uh, those in authority are losing the narrative. So then bringing in the central bank digital currency, and the people having seen uh, that they're trying to maintain control, you're going to have a pretty divided world. Uh, as for what, uh, as for where gold could probably go, I believe that people will seek flight to safety in gold and cryptocurrencies, uh, and hopefully try to um, cause the central bank digital currency to. Not be able to get off the ground because there's, uh, there's a very, very strong competition, as well as the potential for central banks to be exposed for the fact that uh, they were the ones behind causing uh, massive inflation and deflation cycles in the last uh, 108 years since the Federal Reserve was set up.
0: Well, that was certainly the justification that uh, that was used when El Salvador launched uh, Bitcoin as a legal tender, or at least announced that that was the move. Was that central banks had basically uh, destroyed the value of their own currency? So, I guess my next question is more macroeconomic, and that's I've seen I've seen some commentary in the AFR that uh, gold is going to be used as a hedge against disinflation or deflation more so than inflation. Do you think there's something to that? And where do you stand on the the deflation-inflation debate, both in the US and in Australia?
1: It's interesting that people uh, talk a lot about inflation and deflation, except they use different definitions for it. Um, We currently consider inflation as being uh, a period where the consumer price index goes up. Uh, in other words, you are it, it costs more to buy goods and services uh, relative to the past. But I'll use the um, most watertight definition of inflation and deflation, which is the relative change in the relative um, increase of currency to, pro, um, to productivity. So inflation would occur when you are creating more currency than the economy creates good services and assets. So you've got more currency swimming around, trying to um, like, like trying to find a place uh, to be in. And uh, if the economy is inflating, it's simply because they're not producing enough to cover for the additional currency being created. Deflation is the other way around, whereby either currency is disappearing uh, from the system, or the economy is much more productive than they are creating currency. Somehow, living in a debt-driven economy, we are taught to actually hate deflation, when in reality, if, you're, if your economy is very productive, then deflation is fine. Think about your computers, think about your mobile phones. Prices have been going down on computers and mobile phones. Is that a failing sector? Not at all. In fact, we're getting new technology every couple of months. Most of us are probably changing our phones every year, two years. In some cases, some people change it every couple of months. Whereas with um, other industries where there's slow development, uh, the reason is because there's not much activity involved. Now, in terms of what, what's happening with um, with gold, the correct argument about gold being a hedge against inflation or deflation could be said as gold doesn't change, a bar of gold is a bar of gold, the past, present and the future. So the how much a bar of gold buys, that is actually where um, you could say there's inflation or deflation. There is a very famous uh, statement um, about what gold buys over time. And back in the days of Rome, a bar of, um, you could say, I think an ounce of gold would buy uh, a man his toga, which is like their business suit. This didn't really change up to the 1930s when a bar of gold, when an ounce of gold, you could say, um, would buy a man his business suit and enough for dinner for his family. And today, an ounce of gold in Australian dollar terms is about $2,450, you can buy A couple of business suits in not so good quality, um like you could you can buy you can buy from a department store, but we're not talking about the tailor-made suits that uh people used to wear back in the 1930s. And that still would, would probably set you back about 2450. So if the price if if you have an economy where deflation occurs, either because we're more productive or because currency is disappearing because there's a credit, um, credits drying up, there's, uh, there's a freeze in the market, the bar of gold is probably going to buy you as many goods uh, as, as you normally would expect, maybe a little bit more for certain types of goods, and maybe a little less for other goods. But I'll say the basket of goods and services that you normally consume, I think even if the price comes down the bar of gold you're you're pretty much going to be secure, being able to buy what you need to maintain your living standards. So that's why I think the Australian Financial Review for all that's worth, they're actually yeah. on the right track in saying gold is able to hedge against both inflation and deflation. It's the relative amount of what the, gold, what, uh, the bar of gold buys, uh, rather than simply just watching prices go up and down according to what the economists um, say behind their closed doors.
0: Well, I've got a few thoughts on that, Brian. First of all, the CPI has always been a ma- major bugbear for me. I've never, never really put much stock in the way they calculate it. Second of all, I really like that idea of the suit and a nice meal uh, sort of index or metric. It reminds me a bit of the sort of Big Mac index or something like that. So that's actually really interesting for me. And I want to get to another question here, and that is, What are you seeing in the gold market at the moment? Is there a big gap between the physical market and the paper market? And could you just explain a bit about what that is for those who don't know?
1: Yeah. So there is a difference between the physical um, precious metals market and the market uh, according to the commodities uh, index. So the commodities index is where digital contracts uh, are exchanged between either um, the investment banks that are running the uh, metals trading desk in there in order to generate profits, as well as providing services to manage the risk of their investors. You also have some producers, some commodity producers using the um, commodities exchange as a way to fix prices when they're selling their uh, production into the market. They also need to do that when they're borrowing from, when they're borrowing from um, banks in order to uh, build their mines and maintain their operations. Part of of the loan that the uh, banks offer to these companies are based on a hedging arrangement where they have to sell a fixed amount of their future production at a, at a pre-agreed price to the investment banks as a way to um, you could almost say it's a collateral. Yep. Now that's the digital contract market. That drives much of the price movements we see uh, in on the what, what I say on the ground, whether uh, it's the price you pay in a jewelry store, or when you go to a bullion store to buy coins, they will quote the price according to what is determined by the exchange. However, the digital contracts, you actually have a lot of traders who will use use the market to manipulate the prices by dumping massive amounts of contracts in order to get the price they want. This affects the price levels that you would see on the ground. Now, with bullion stores, when you buy a coin or a bar, you don't actually pay the spot price simply because the bullion store has to actually make a living. They've got to keep the lights on. They've got to pay the salary to their staff. So you pay a premium. My understanding is the premium for gold and silver coins and bars have gone up significantly more so in America, I heard, I got a friend of mine who lives in Iowa, and he's saying that uh, the uh, US Silver Eagle is currently trading at about 50% above spot. I think same time last year, it was about 30%. As for Australia, if you go and buy a one ounce uh, Perth Mint Gold coin, you're expected to pace 4% above spot hasn't really moved much over the last six years I followed it. Whereas for silver, I think uh, one ounce per mint silver coin is about 30 to 35% above spot. And I think about same time last year was about 25%. So there is a significant difference, even though uh, if you have looked at the um, price of gold in the last uh, three months, we saw a recent low at about 2200 for an ounce of gold in the beginning of March, and now it's 2440, 2450, it's gone up by 10%. What what I'm seeing is there has been a, a massive demand for physical gold and silver, while the digital contracts haven't moved by as much. But if you go to a bullion store, you will notice shortages in stock, as well as a higher premium in some cases.
0: That's uh, that's a fascinating breakdown, and I guess the the main thing to, that I drew from that was that um, you really have to be uh, clever when you are going to buy physical gold because there is a margin on that, and you do need to know what you're actually purchasing. So that leads to my last question for you, Brian, which is, what are your what's your outlook for gold stocks in the short term? And what would you have? What advice would you have for people who are interested in investing in gold? Okay,
1: uh, so I run a personal um, gold fund myself uh, using my own assets, and we are currently pretty much fully invested in gold mining stocks and have a very little cash at the moment. Reason being, I personally expect that uh, after uh, the eighteenth of June, which is the third. Friday of the month uh, every quarter March June September and December the third the third Friday is what we call quadruple witching day uh, that's when a lot of the uh, um, derivative contracts expire and before the close of the market you'll see massive movements as uh, fund managers traders uh, try to close off their positions after this quadruple witching day are uh, expect the price of gold to probably dip quite a bit uh, we're currently at 1895 uh, US dollars and 24 for it is possible, I would be surprised if uh, the price of gold dips back to about 1800 US dollars if it does that's like pushing about um, pushing a beach ball into and it's gonna bounce up pretty hard. We have the North the summer coming and traders are going to be going on holidays uh, in June, I think in July and August. This is where you expect the price of gold and silver to really head up. Uh, and mining stocks are going to be um, rallying pretty hard. Uh, have a look at the historical um, patterns in the last eight or nine years. Uh, you would see that the ASX Gold Index, the HUI Index and the GDX in America, yep. which tracks gold producers, they tend to go up by a lot during this period. I think it is a good time to um, have a look at some good um, producers on the ASX. Uh, if you're currently a subscriber to Rockstock Insider and Hard Money Trader, I have uh, provided quite a number of um, recommendations for you so you, you can check them out. The Rock uh, monthly report came out yesterday and I provided my um, subscribers not just with one tip, but there are three because we also are in a promo campaign and uh, the sus- new subscribers and existing sus- subscribers got an update of uh, the report, five gold investments to make now. So you've got three stock recommendations to play with Those those on High Money Trader, uh, you've received a couple of um, new stock recommendations on uh, gold and silver explorers. Some of them are doing pretty well already. um, And I expect the existing recommendations, uh, I'm trimming down quite a few of them, being very brutal about it. uh, If it it hasn't moved in the last three months, it's gone. Um, What I mean by it's gone, it's that I'm cutting it out of the list. We want to have a very... Uh, lean and mean portfolio for the high money um, traded investors because um, when this when this gold price when the gold price really moves, uh, I think these stocks are really going to head up, uh, and you'll probably be able to brag with your friends and parties uh, mm-hmm. who've been talking up about how well they've done with uh, Bitcoin. So when when they're talking about their Bitcoin and your Ethereum and their Ethereum, you could probably uh, you could probably talk uh, talk about a couple of uh, the stock recommendations. Maybe not now. Uh, not too much to brag about yet. But uh, maybe maybe around late July and August, uh, you 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 have a few up your um, on 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 the belt. And then I look forward to seeing people do well uh, because I'm investing in a couple of them myself. So uh, we're, we're all in this together.
0: Awesome, Brian. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be doing a bit of sort of portfolio trimming, trying to make it mean and lean you know, going forward myself. So I thought that was really interesting, your, your point about seasonality in the gold price and gold stocks. And I don't think a lot of people talk about that. So I thought that was great. And um, I really appreciate you spending some time with me today, Brian. Um, I'm... Uh, I'm just going to stick it out with this lockdown and uh, get on to business as usual.
1: Yeah, one more thing I'm going to plug as well is um, this week's Daily Reckoning, I will be talking about uh, the Australian CPI and how some of the data is um, manipulated. In fact, uh, your electricity bills, especially now that we're going into winter, some of you guys are going to see your your electricity bills uh, go up. But for some strange reason, uh, the people on on the news will always tell you, "We've got a, our CPI is very low; it's one percent per annum." No, well, I I I, don't, I totally disagree. Our electricity bills are going up by about six seven percent per annum. Where has it gone? I'm trying to find it. Uh, someone help me find that one too.
0: Wow, that sounds like uh, an interesting little mystery you're onto there, Brian. Um, I look forward to reading that, and uh, I'm sure I'll speak to you soon. Okay, thanks, Loki, and thanks to everyone. Well, there's a great chat I had with Brian Chu just then. He noted a couple really interesting things about how the CPI is calculated, as well as the seasonality in the gold price. Now, if you want to learn more about what Brian Chu does, you can find links to that in the description below. That's Rock Stock Insider and Hard Money Trader. I'd also really encourage you to get in touch with me. If you have any questions or would like me to focus on a particular topic, I'd really appreciate it great hearing from you. Be sure to subscribe and you'll hear from me soon.